Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. A little bit of news for the Raiders today. Um, kind of a uh, interesting, little uh, interesting signing, uh, to say the least. They signed um, the Raiders did uh, tight end Carson Williams um, from the University of Western Kentucky. Uh, Williams, a six foot five, two hundred forty pound tight end, uh, joins the Raiders for his first NFL season. He played basketball for two years, two thousand sixteen and seventeen, at Northern Kentucky before transferring to Western Kentucky for his remaining three college seasons, 2018 uh, through 2020. Uh, So he never played football, it doesn't appear. Um, He was a basketball player. So uh, it looks like um, as a result of that, um, he was able to sign as a free agent uh, with the Raiders rather than go through the draft process. But in any event... Um, six foot five, two hundred and forty pounds. Doesn't look like he has a. Uh, I'm going to do some digging into uh, uh, Mr. Williams to see what he did in high school. But he was a basketball player at Northern Kentucky and then Western Kentucky. Um, averaged uh, eleven point two points per game, five point nine rebounds, one point three assists during his college career. Um, and he was named Kentucky's Mr. Basketball uh, as a senior in 2016 after after averaging twenty six point three points, ten point seven rebounds. So a hooper. Uh, transferring over to the football side, we've seen it before. Uh, there's no question about that. And um, so uh, we'll see. We'll see if this is a – it's probably going to be a guy that, uh, you know, the Raiders – he's obviously on a development track. So uh, unless he comes in and completely wows uh, the Raiders in, in, in training camp, um, if he shows anything at all, he's probably a practice squad caliber uh, guy that you try to put put – the effort and the time in, uh, the development time, uh, and then uh, see what you have in a year or so. Um, he's obviously six foot five, two hundred and forty pounds. That speaks for itself. Uh, I don't care what Division One college level you're at. If you're averaging twelve points a game, six rebounds or so, uh, you've got athletic ability, um, and uh, you know that's great size uh, for a tight end. Uh, if you can teach him how to play some football, and obviously. You know, just him signing with the Raiders, he probably went through some sort of a workout where he showed what he could do with his hands, running some routes, um, and obviously showed him enough. So, uh, interesting signing uh, by the uh, Raiders. And, uh, you know, I, I'm going back to this. It's really interesting. Uh, one of our earlier callers brought up waiting for a great player like Aaron Donald uh, to fall to you. Is there somebody along those lines uh, in this draft? And um, it, it just kind of jogged my memory on that 2014 draft. Uh, by the way, Jadavian Clowney was the first player taken in 2014. You think the Houston uh, Texans uh, would would ha- would love to have that one uh, over, as would a bunch of other teams. Uh, the Raiders uh, in that draft uh, selected Khalil Mack, um, and and so. I, but but the reason I'm saying that is the Rams had a desperate need at tackle, kind of like where the Raiders are right now. Although in the Rams case, they needed a left tackle. You know, they were they had a they had a big hole at left tackle. They needed to get that figured out, okay? And so they had the second pick and the 13th pick um, in the draft, right? Second pick and the 13th pick. And uh, they were going to draft a tackle um, somewhere along the line. 
with that second pick overall, Greg Robinson, who graded out as you know the best tackle in the draft, uh, a guy that was going to be able to be a franchise caliber tackle for years to come. Uh, that's with the second pick overall. That's who they drafted, Greg Robinson. Okay, um, which allowed them at thirteen to draft at a position that they were already really good at um, along the defensive line. Uh, they had Robert Quinn, uh, they had uh, Michael Brockers, uh, they had Chris Long. Um, there was a couple, of, there was, uh, forgetting a name or two, but they were set at, at defensive line. Uh, and I remember their general manager um, telling me that, uh, you know, looking back on that draft, if they didn't have that second pick overall to draft a tackle, it would have been interesting, you know, getting to the thirteenth pick overall if they would have drafted Aaron Donald because at that point Aaron Donald was more of a luxury than a need. They were pretty set at defensive line, um, and and the general manager was less need. So he doesn't know. He's not quite sure what they. Now it's an easy decision, but at the time in two thousand and fourteen, it wasn't an easy decision. They needed a tackle. They were set at defensive tackle. Um, but they were able to get Greg Robinson, who ironically enough didn't pan out, but because they covered that position with arguably the best player in the draft at that position at number 13, rather than, you know, drafting a tackle to fill a, a major need, they were able to draft Aaron Donald. Now here's, this is the crux of the matter. We don't know what the Rams would have done had they not had a pick earlier to draft the tackle that they so desperately needed. But it raises this great question. If a player like Aaron Donald, and, and granted, uh, no one had any idea at that point in the draft, obviously, he was drafted 13, so there were obviously some, some questions about him. Um, as it's turned out, he was definitely the best player in that draft, better than Khalil Mack. He just is a better player than Khalil Mack. I know Raider fans love Khalil Mack. He's a fantastic player. Aaron Donald's better. Uh, and impacts his team in in a, a bigger way. Game in, game out, play in, play out. It's not to me. It's not even close, to be honest with you. But whatever, I'll I'll say for sake of argument, it's pretty close. But it's not. It's not. But it, we'll just say that it is. He was the best player though in that draft. That best defensive player in that draft. The best player in that draft. Period. The Rams could have easily let him slip through their fingers had they gone with got a draft a position of need here, even if it meant clearly at number 13, uh, um, he, uh, Aaron Donald was the best player available at number 13, even with whatever questions he might've had. But it's easy to see how they may have said, you know what? We're already set at defensive tackle. We really need the def offensive lineman. And Lesney, the general manager, um, honest enough in retrospect to say, Hey, there's no guarantees that we would have taken Aaron Donald had we still need, had the need at tackle. There's no guarantees. In fact, having that second pick gave us all the comfort level that we needed to go make a good position, a great position, by doubling down at that position to draft an Aaron Donald. So I'm circling it back to the Raiders. Okay, there's obvious need for a right tackle. It's clear. Okay. But do you pigeonhole yourself into that position? 
because there's such a big need at that position, at the expense of somebody that might be just a better player overall in the long run, have a more you know a bigger impact on your defense. It might not be at the position of need. You look at the Raiders linebackers right now, and I'm talking specifically about Michael Parsons from Penn State, by the way. Do you, if Michael Parsons falls to you at 17, you being the Raiders, you're 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 fairly set at linebacker at least for 2021. You've got all three starters coming back. You've got Nicholas Morrow who turned in his best year of his career. You've got Nick Kwiatkowski who played really well, solidly, I should say, last year. You've got Corey Littleton who chances are is going to get back on track and be the player that the Raiders envisioned uh, when they signed him last year. Okay, so do you say, you know what, we're 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 okay for right now at linebacker? Yeah, Micah Parsons really compelling. But gosh darn it, we have a big need, a bigger need right now, a bigger immediate need right now at right tackle. Do you let a player like Micah Parsons escape your grasp like the Rams could have easily done in 2014 had they not had that second pick overall and just had the 13th pick? Because if they just had the 13th pick overall, there's no guarantees. And all the decision makers that were part of that decision freely admit years later we're not sure what we would have done at 13 had we not been able to draft a tackle earlier do you think that they would have regretted that decision years later seeing aaron donald after the first six years of his career putting up hall of fame caliber numbers and you're sitting there as the rams going we could have had him but man, we had that need at tackle, and we drafted a tackle, and you know, um, and, re- and and regret it to this day. You know, maybe uh, a Taylor uh, Lewan uh, would have would have uh, fallen to them. Obviously, Zach Martin, uh, the offensive guard at uh, from Notre Dame, would have been there. It looks like, um, but would he have solved their? He's a guard. He's not a tackle. Uh, Jawan James. Maybe they, maybe they would have drafted uh, Jawan James from Tennessee. Um, but it just it, it raises an interesting question. They would have regretted it. Bottom line, I don't care what tackle they would have drafted at number, even if it was Zach Martin, they would have regretted that decision. Um, they survived missing out on Greg Robinson, who didn't really give them much of anything in the years that he was there. They survived that. They would have survived not drafting a tackle um, and, and would have loved you know, would have you never had to bat an eye or explain it to anybody had they drafted Aaron Donald. It's the reverse that could have haunted them for years to come. You had a chance at Aaron Donald, and you said no because you wanted to fill, you know, uh, fill that hole at tackle. Are you? Is that? I. I mean, obviously it makes sense at the time, but you have to be careful in that position. Don't be a team like the Rams could have been that team. They weren't. They kind of lucked out in that regard because they don't know what they would have done had they not had that second pick overall to fill that tackle spot. If you're the Raiders, again, man, I don't know. you got to be careful. If a great player like Micah Parsons is there, don't reach for the tackle just because you have that need uh, at tackle. We're going to go right out to the Raider Nation listener line. Raider Dave is in Denver. How you doing, Raider Dave? Hey, how's it going, Ben? I think that the Raiders' biggest need going into this year is 
obviously defense. So where do you grab an impact player that's going to be uh, a player who's absolutely making an impact? Now, the the rough-shot offensive line that we had last year, filtering people through, you know, obviously said that Brandon Parker can play. Would he be a starter on another team? Maybe, maybe not. Depends on the team. But the fact is, when rosters get cut down to 53, if you need an experienced tackle, there's going to be some available. Anybody who's going to be a third stringer that's going to get cut as a linebacker is not going to fill our need. So I think that if he is there, if Parsons is there at 17, you have to go there. Uh, you got to think about how we can stop people at the goal line, and you need faster linebackers. You need better people to go ahead and cover folks like Kelsey. So those impact plays that change games like that are the ones that we really need to focus on. Now, whether or not the Raiders can punch it in with the new running back, Drake, or, or, uh, or Jacobs, and, and with the offensive line we have, I think it's going to come down to a little bit of creativity by Gruden. I think they got way too predictable. I mean, all a Raider Nation could tell you what the play was going to be, so you know darn well the defense knows. And they were a lot better at the 27-yard line getting touchdowns than they were at the one. But still, some coaching decision has got to be the blame there. But we're not one player away. If we were, I guess we'd just trade up and shoot all the draft picks and make it, you know, number five overall or something like that. And that's what these other teams have done that have picked up a Mahomes or picked up a quarterback that has been one player away on their entire team and they end up making an economy pick to where they've got a great athletic quarterback uh, to run on a rookie contract for three out of five years. But in this draft, the Raiders have to do something to make an impact to the way the defense plays. And you can say that it might be one of those safeties, but the safety is going to be a guy who is going to help on the, on the back end of a play and be that, just a safety that's going to you know, keep a 30-yard play from going 70. But the fact is that it all starts and stops in the trenches and up front where the linebackers can help out the line. Just ask John Madden. He'll back me up on that one. Yeah, and, you know, I don't want to, uh, you know, uh, minimize any position, but, but I think it would be even more pronounced if this was a left tackle need than a right tackle need. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and if Brandon Parker didn't play at all last year, we'd all be wondering what the heck's going on, and I think the offseason <laughs> would have been a little bit different. But we did have people cycle through that position, and they were serviceable. And if you think you need somebody experienced and you need depth, there's going to be other left tackle or right tackles available or even swing tackles available uh, as the cutdowns start getting to 53. Yeah, and uh, you know Russell Akung is still uh, available. I'm not sure what his uh, available, availability is and whether he'd be open to playing uh, you know, right tackle. And that's another consideration. Uh, a lot of the guys that, um, you know, uh, a lot of the better tackles that are still out there, uh, Alejandro Villanueva, they're left tackles. Are they going to like, you know, they're already obviously kind of in that position where they're going to take some pay cuts here uh, because of where the market is and, and where, the, where the salary cap is. If you're Alejandro Villanueva or if you're Russell Akung, um, you know, and granted, they're they're both getting up there uh, in, in age, but 
are, are you know, wouldn't you, if, if you're one of those guys, you probably want to go someplace where you're going to play left tackle if you feel like you want to still play a couple more years and because left tackles just get paid more. But who knows? Maybe the Raiders can, can convince a, a Russell Okung or something like that to, uh, you know, to come in here for a year and, and play right tackle. But, you know, Raider Dave, I think to your point, there's going to be players available. There's going to be, um, you know, and, 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 even in this draft, later on in the draft, I've been touting Spencer Brown from uh, Northern Iowa, Northern Iowa, uh, and I think that he's somebody that the Raiders should should be able to have access to, probably in that third round. Uh, and if you coach him up uh, well enough, he might be able to hang uh, at right tackle to start his career right off the bat. Uh, I'm not ruling it out. The guy that I saw at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama, uh, was just a big-time athlete. Obviously, there's going to be a level of competition that he has to overcome, but plenty of guys have done that uh, over the years. Uh, you can see that he's got the size. You can see he's got the strength. You could definitely see he's got the athletic ability. He's going to fall because, um, you know, uh, the, the level of competition is going to be a concern. If that guy, if, if Spencer Brown was playing at Ohio State uh, or a place like that, you'd be people would be talking about him in even, you know, way other terms, but he didn't. And that might benefit the Raiders because a, a, a really good player uh, might still be available in that third round that can probably step in uh, day one after some preparation uh, and, and get the job done. Again, I know well, that I the Raiders have a need at right tackle. Uh, and uh, Were you getting ready to say something, Raider Diff? Yeah, and I think, I think that this is probably one of the first drafts of my lifelong Raider fandom uh, being 57 years old that I think I'm really looking towards how the best player in three positions is going to fall. Will the best tackle fall? Will the best linebacker fall? Will the best safety fall? And to be in a position to where any one of those could be a real good pickup for the Raiders means that in the offseason they did the right amount of work to get depth at these positions to where they could get the one impact player if it falls to them and it could change the way they flow with their with their uh, with their draft board being maybe it's tackle now and then it's safety and then they have to do something else with linebacker maybe it's linebacker and then they can go safety because there's plenty of tackles I mean the way the board is going to fall to them Yep, no question about it. I think we're losing uh, uh, Raider Dave. I appreciate the call as always. Uh, you know, uh, give us a call uh, as many times as you want this week. We're here for you. Oh, by the way, uh, just to let you guys know on Thursday and Friday, uh, the draft days, uh, I will be uh, doing my shows from 1 to 3 p.m. Uh, we've got a, uh, a Raider Nation Radio uh, draft show, um, JT the Brick. Uh, and our good friend Lincoln Kennedy will be will be um, hosting it, um, so that'll be following my show, uh, one to three. And uh, plus, I got some uh, I got some daytime duties that I got to take care of, guys, uh, with the Las Vegas Review Journal covering the Raiders. So uh, I need to be uh, armed and ready uh, to do my day job. Uh, so we're switching things up a little bit, and I know JT and Lincoln are going to do a fantastic job. So if you need your draft day uh, right on time news. Uh, be sure to keep the dial uh, on 9:20 a.m. or, or listen uh, Raiders.com um, and uh, you know obviously the uh, LV Sports Network as well because uh, we're going to have you covered uh, wall to wall uh, NFL draft coverage Raider draft coverage uh, coming up on uh, this week. And by the way, do you think you know who will be drafted? Question mark. Question mark. 
uh, go to lvsportsnetwork.com and sign up for the Draft for Dough contest. You can win 1000 bucks in cash and a $250 gift card for the Raider Image uh, Store. Uh, picks must be in by Wednesday. All courtesy of DeHart Team from Nova Home Loans. I'm going to read that to you again. All you draft nicks out there. And listen, after talking to a bunch of you guys and girls uh, the, the last few weeks, you guys are on top of it. You've done your homework. I respect it. I respect the effort. We'll try to turn that effort into some cold, hard cash. Uh, if you think you know who's going to be drafted, go to lvsportsnetwork.com and sign up for the Draft for Dough concert. You could win 1000 bucks in cash and a $250 gift card to the Raider Image Store. All picks must be in by Wednesday. And this is all courtesy of the DeHart team from Nova Home Loans. I know that the In the Huddle crew is going to hold up their end of the bargain, right? You guys are going to show out in this. So let's do us all proud. Make your picks and and do it well. Uh, I'm rooting for you guys because, you know, you got to hold it down for In the Huddle, right? You're In the Huddle with Vinny Monster brought to you by Tequila Embodiment. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. You know, I, again, I, I'm probably not going to get into too many specifics about what we're going to do next week. You asked me about right tackle. Uh, I mean, we, we've got a guy named Jared Jones-Smith who we signed off the street last week who we, we think is a chance to be a really good football player. Uh kind of excited about him i think you know obviously in free agency whether it's the quote normal free agency period or what you've done on the street in the prior year you're trying to set yourself up for in the draft so that you can uh you can pl- take the best player you can take and uh we're very aware of our needs and uh obviously when the needs fit up with where you are in the draft board that's awesome and when they don't you gotta be a little careful one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. One, two, one, two, one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, one, two, three, And when they don't, you got to be careful. That was Mike Mayock, the Raiders general manager, talking about draft needs being prepared going into the draft uh, at positions, um, giving your, trying to give yourself as much coverage at every position as you possibly can to put yourself in a position when it comes to the draft to draft the best player available, regardless of need, regardless of position. That's what you're trying to do. Now, everybody has needs. We all get that. Every single team in the NFL has a pertinent, immediate need right now. Some more drastic than others. Uh, But... As Mike Mayock just said, what you want to do is even you know try to lessen that need as much as you possibly can so that you're in a position of strength when it comes into the draft to be able to literally draft the best player available when your turn comes in any given round in order to draft the best player available, regardless of the need. And you know that's easier said than done uh, because... 
you know, you, you, everybody knows what their needs are, but you don't want to get desperate to fill that need. And that's what Mike was saying. Hey, when it lines up where the draft board fits with your need, lines up perfectly with your need, so that when it comes to number 17 or whatever team drafting, wherever they are drafting, gets to their draft pick and says, you know, we have a need at right tackle. And, oh, lo and behold, the best player available right now just happens to be a tackle. And there is an argument to be made that that scenario will unfold exactly that way come Thursday night for the Raiders. They could be sitting at number 17, and the best player available could absolutely be a tackle. That's how good this tackle uh, group is in this draft. Let's just say, for argument's sake, that Micah Parsons is no longer under consideration. He's already been drafted. Uh, all the you know other great players at, at all the you know the best players at their respective dis, uh, positions have have already you know gone over the first sixteen picks, and you get to number seventeen, and there's Christian Derisa or there's Tevon Jenkins, um, who you can make a case, especially in Derisa's case, that at number seventeen you take a Michael Parsons out of the equation and a Patrick Sertain out of the equation, and a J.C. Horn out of the equation, that Christian Derisaw represents the best value, even if you were okay uh, at tackle or didn't have an immediate need at tackle. He was, Christian Derisaw is that level of a player. He's too good to pass up at that, at that particular point in the draft. Uh, and for the Raiders, that would be perfect, right? You need to tackle. Um, all you know, Michael Parsons is no longer there to, uh, to be under consideration. You draft the best player available, and that very well could be Christian Derrissaw at that position. Well, what if the Raiders get to number 17 and Christian Derrissaw, Tevin Jenkins, and Michael Parsons are available? What do you do then? Who do you you know, what direction do you take in that scenario? Me, I'm going to draft. Now, I keep saying this too. We, we, we aren't privy to all of the information. We don't have the full, complete picture of any of these guys, let alone Michael Parsons, who does have some uh, red flags that have been out there um, regarding, you know, his maturity level. Um, and so we, we know that. From the outside looking in, we're aware of that. What we aren't aware of is anything else that might be um, on the on the background check showing up on the background check. Uh, maybe like more perspective on what happened in any of these incidents that have been reported. We don't have the full picture. We, unlike the Raiders, unlike the Patriots, unlike every team in the NFL. Uh, hasn't enlisted, you know, this army of people and resources into taking as deep a dive as possible into any of these guys, and especially the guys that have some of these red flags. What you're trying to do is get a full picture in order to determine, you know what, we're not touching this guy, or you know what, uh, those red flags in our eyes are more yellow. Uh, they're cautionary, but not. Uh, to the extent of just stay away with a 10-foot pole. Don't even think about it. Don't look in that direction. Look away from that guy. 
And trust me, there's guys in this draft, there's guys in every draft where NFL teams are just like, no way in you know where that we're touching this dude, especially with a first-round pick. You know what? Maybe in in undrafted free agency, you know, we'll give him a shot where there's no money involved necessarily, nothing guaranteed. You come in here, prove us wrong that we didn't have the right information. Hey, we'll be glad to do it at that point and on that level, but we're not putting a dime into you of guaranteed money because of what we see on this background check that we've done. There's a lot of guys like that, and I know because every single year, uh, you know, especially on draft night, you know, you, hey, you know, you text whatever source you might have that might be in a war room, and you're like, hey, so and so is available. Your pick's coming up. We don't even have that guy on our draft board. That dude is scary news. Whoa, <laughs> okay, and it could be for a number of different reasons. Maybe it's just because the guy's a knucklehead, flat out, and you're like, we don't want a knucklehead in our building, not with the first pick, not with the second pick, not this knucklehead. Maybe after it's all said and done, we still we might bring him in on a tryout type of a basis, but this knucklehead's not coming anywhere near any guaranteed money. Sounds harsh? Well, uh, it is harsh. I, I, you know what? Which reminds me, I saw a great clip from Nick Saban today talking about red flags, all right, and talking about what he tells teams or what he tells his players. They're going to look at having done this. He's done this at the NFL level. All right. Every team, when they assess every player, they're not just looking at your strengths. They're looking at it, the whole picture. Right. And in a lot of cases, they're almost looking for reasons to not draft you. That's how not paranoid they are, but how thorough they are. They want to know that they're almost talking themselves out of why shouldn't we draft this guy? Why shouldn't we draft this guy? Uh, you know, arm strength, quickness, 40-yard dash, whatever. They're looking for all the negatives and assessing all those negatives in a way that should we not draft this guy because of this, this, and this. Some of those this, this, and this, you got no control over. You don't have control necessarily on how far you can throw a football, uh, with what kind of velocity you can throw it in with, all right? You don't have control all the time on how fast you run a 40-yard dash. I'm not, there was never any point in my life, no matter how hard I worked at it, that I was going to blow, you know, a great 40 time. Sorry, it just wasn't in my makeup, all right? I had no control over that. I, you know, you don't have control over a lot of things uh, as, a, as an athlete, as anybody, really, but we're talking specifically about football prospects. You don't have control over certain things, how high you can jump. You could work at it as much as you can, but there's still a, a, an element of, you know what? <laughs> you know, not everyone's going to be able to jump, you know, like uh, a, a Michael Jordan or something like that. You know, um, there's just, you're not going to be able to, as much as you work at it, you know, you might not be able to shoot the ball as good as this person or throw it as far as that guy or whatever. So there's going to be things that you can't control. And this is what Saban said. But they're also looking at, all right, so you got this in your background. You, you got picked up for that, a DUI. Um, you know, maybe you got into a fight at, at school. Maybe you did that. What, those are the things you can control. And what Saban always says, those ragged flags are meaningless. Nobody's trying to, like, run you in the gutter. They're looking at things that you've done. And don't give them reasons not to draft you don't, by doing stupid things, by doing dumb things, by being immature. 
you know, by getting arrested, by getting whatever the case might be. Don't, they're looking for reasons not to draft you. Don't be the idiot that literally gives them more reasons not to. They're looking at all sorts of reasons not to draft you. Your 40 time, your shuttle time, your, your three cone shuttle time, uh, you know, how your, your broad jump, your high jump, your this, your that, how tall you are, how much you weigh. You know, all, all that type of stuff, most of that stuff, you, you, you can only control to a, to a, to a certain uh, level, and then God takes over, or whoever the power that be might take you is, t- took over, and blessed you with this, and blessed you with that, or didn't bless you with this. In my case, I was never going to play center field for the New York Mets. As much as I dreamed and worked at it, I, I, I just wasn't good enough, all right? I couldn't control it after a certain level of time. But don't be the idiot that gives them all sorts of reasons not to draft you just because you're a knucklehead and you're immature those are the guys and don't go blaming it on somebody else either it was you had the control you had it was all in your power not to give them that not to give you them that reason not to draft you and don't go around pointing fingers and blaming on everyone else and this is saving you know talking it's your fault you have control over that you have the power to just limit the concerns to what you could do in the 40, what you did. In, and you know what? At some point, teams are either going to believe in you or not believe in you based on your stats and your height and your weight and how fast you did this and how, you know, how much velocity you saw on your ball, that kind of stuff. Um, gets analyzed and, and teams then make their decisions. But don't give them a reason by being <laughs> basically... An idiot. And here's, you know, Mike, Mike Mayock talks about uh, red flags. And especially, you know, um, because of the decision-making pro- or the evaluation process because of COVID-19, you might not have as much information now as you would have had last year or really the year before that when you had your full, when, when you could deploy and employ guys and girls to, you know, scouts, whatever, uh, uh, to um, investigators, uh to the highest level, to the highest extent, to get as much information on on, on these prospects as possible, uh, you're, you're you're dealing because of the pandemic with a, a lim- slightly limited amount of information. Here's Mike Mayock talking about red flags. It does. Um, I'm a big believer that when you get on a kid's campus and you get to have dinner with them the night before a pro day, or just as importantly, sit in a meeting room with him. And put some film up and spend an hour picking his brain face-to-face, not over Zoom. Uh, On top of that, the 30 visits. We haven't had a 30 visit since 2019. You know, the 30 visits, you get 30 players in your building for a day. Not for an hour Zoom call. You get 30 players in for a day. You can grind the heck out of them for a day. You can have some fun with these guys. You can figure out which guys love it and which guys are worn out by 2 in the afternoon. You know, when they're in there with the coaches, the position coach, the head coach, the coordinator, the strength and conditioning, they're meeting with a lot of people and you find out a lot about a guy over a day. It's a little different when you have a 15 minute interview or an hour Zoom. They've been coached up. You know, it's a whole different process. And it's a great point about the yellow flags or the red flags. You're trying to either eliminate them or endorse them and go, yep, that's a problem. He's done. So a big part of getting ready for a draft is is getting your draft board down to a manageable size. 
And that's been the hardest part with the lack of medical and, and sometimes a lack of confirmation, <clears throat> excuse me, on who these kids really are or aren't. Yeah, it's um, and it's a challenge because, you know, uh, like Mike was talking about, by the way, that was Mike Mayock, and you are listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Monday in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur. Uh, you know, guys get coached up. These interviews, um, I'm not saying that they're meaningless because they're not. And, you know, the interview, the interviewer, um, if they're good at it, can read through all the BS and all the coaching up and, and you know, the just the, the answers, the obligatory answers uh, that somebody provided some of these guys with um, because it does get to that level. You are coached up, as you should be. You're preparing for anyone. That, if you're preparing for a job interview, um, you know, if, if, it's, if the job is worth anything to you, you're going to get prepared for it. You're going to try to figure out what kind of questions are they going to ask me, what are my answers going to be, uh, in those answers, uh, when you get to the level of the NFL and, and guys are hiring agents uh, to help them uh, not just find employment, but you know, figure out best ways to put your best foot forward in these interviews and things like that, you're going to invest in yourself and that's going to show up. Uh, but that's why, like Mike Mayock was talking about, getting him into a building for, for a full day uh, where the coaching can just go so far. Then you, the human being, shows up uh, and, and it's a much easier way to figure out uh, is this person who we want to be involved with or is this somebody that we're going to punt from here back to Wichita, Kansas or wherever it is that they came from because this dude's a knucklehead and I've seen so many knuckleheads uh, in my time uh, that you just want to avoid them at all costs. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monsignor brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Now, back to your host, Vinny Bonsignor. Yellow flags. Uh, you know, and it's, to be honest, by the way, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur. Uh, it's... You know, at this point, it's a little bit too late for the current crop uh, of, of players. Um, they've done, you know, uh, whatever they have in their past, whatever decisions that they've made in the past. Uh, they they have to live with the, whatever the consequences may be uh, for those for those decisions. And in some cases, I'm um, just going to say this flat out: you've been, you guys, you, everyone's been around long enough to understand. There's going to be guys that don't get drafted. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, because they've made knucklehead decisions in their lifetime. It's unfortunate. They may no longer even be, uh, you know, uh, knuckleheads. Um, but past, there's consequences to, to bad decisions. And some guys are going to lose status in this draft um, because of past decisions. And it might mean somebody falling from the top five into the 20s. It might mean somebody that should have been a first rounder being taken in the third round. It might be somebody um, falling completely out of the draft as a result uh, of, of character issues, of you know red flags, how they treat people, how they, uh, some of the decisions that they've made uh, in their life. Um, so the current players in the 2021 draft, it's, it's a little bit too late to change that narrative. 
they're going to be able to change it, hopefully, you know, by cleaning up their act and by, by being upstanding citizens and, um, you know, hard workers and assets to whatever team they end up going to, whether it's in the draft uh, or, through, or through free agency. So the story is not closed. The book isn't closed on any of these guys. But there's not much they can do between now and Thursday to change um, whatever uh, consequences are going to be the result of some of the decisions that they've made in the past. So they're going to, hopefully for all of them, and this is what I have for, this is the hope that I have for everybody, uh, that, you know, it's never too late to change who you are and maybe some hard lessons are going to get learned, but that doesn't, it shouldn't define you for the rest of your life. You have the power. You have all these players uh, that are getting ready to get, go into uh, Thursday's draft and this weekend's draft, all of those players, whatever um, red flag you know might be attached to them, have a chance in time to be able to change that narrative and, and to, to move away from that. But you know what? For the younger crowd that's listening, uh, just heed my words. You don't want to be the guy that could have been drafted fifth overall but you end up getting drafted third overall because you made some knucklehead decisions. They, people are watching, and rightfully so. There's millions upon millions of dollars that are being invested in these players. And there's people whose job, literally, jobs, you know, uh, employment, literally is tied into the decisions that they make uh, over the next you know, week or so on who they bring in. Uh, and and they're trying to get it as right as they possibly can. And if you're giving them some reason um, not to draft you, that's on you, not them, you. And so for you know you high school kids that are out there listening, junior high school kids that are listening, guys that are getting ready to go to college, whoever is listening, just act responsibly. Don't be the guy that gives a team a reason not to draft you. You should be drafted where your ability. Uh, dictates you should be drafted, not because of decisions that you made. Be a good person, listen, work hard, you know, leave the knucklehead stuff to the knuckleheads. Don't be a knucklehead. I remember um, Kishan Johnson, after he, you know, retired, he opens up, um, he's, he's now with uh, Panera Bread. He's a uh, partner in Panera Bread, has a bunch, a slew of them throughout California. One of the smartest uh, athletes I've ever met, uh, and just diligent and hardworking. And he told me, you know what, Vinny? He goes, I could walk into a locker room, uh, any locker room that I was a part of, whether it was at USC or any NFL locker room that I walked into for the rest, for the duration of my NFL career, I could walk in and it took me about five, 10 minutes to figure out who the knuckleheads in that room were and who the guys that I wanted to be hanging out with and being a part of and wanted in my circle. Five minutes. Don't be the knucklehead. Don't cost yourself millions of dollars. Don't give them a chance, uh, opportunity to say, you know what, we're not drafting you because you made some bad decisions. You have the power to not be in that position. It's on you. And for all the guys that do have red flags out there, hey, you still have plenty of time uh, to redeem it and to, and to get on the right track. And I'm rooting for all of you guys. You've been in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bahador. Thanks to all the callers. As usual, you bring it in uh, a major way. Raider Nation just rolls that way. Uh, thanks to Devon Cotton, our, our great producer, for all the sound and all the great work uh, and effort that you put in. And uh, obviously, thank you to Tequila and Bahador, our great sponsor. We'll be back at it tomorrow. 
4 to 6 p.m. Uh, and just a programming reminder, uh, again, Thursday and Friday, the days of the draft will be on from 1 to 3. Uh, JT the Brick, Brick and Lincoln Kennedy are going to be doing a Raiders or draft show uh, after that. So uh, listen in, tune in. We got you covered. Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. In the huddle, Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila Embajador. <laughs>